You are not just a religious person. There's something different about you. You're not just a good person. There's something you. You should be a good person. But there should be something different. You shouldn't just be a do-gooder. You should do good. But there should be something else. You're not just a person of faith. There's something more. There is something unique about those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Something that is true for them. Theologians call it being in Christ. Being in Christ. What does that mean? How does that happen? How do you become in Christ? When you and I are called of God to be a follower of Christ, when that moment hits and you are, it's inescapable that I want to follow Jesus Christ, we are in essence crucified, buried, and raised to a new life in Christ. We experience everything in and through Jesus Christ. We are now united with Jesus Christ in a brand new life. We have a union with Jesus Christ that is beyond explanation. But we as Christians tend to take that union for granted. We don't understand what that means. And so this morning, I want to soak your soul. I want to marinate your heart in just a few of the blessings that are yours by being in Christ. Here are a few. Number one. In Christ Jesus, you were given grace before the world was created. 2 Timothy 1.9 He gave us grace in Christ Jesus before the ages began. In Christ Jesus, number two, you were chosen by God before creation. Ephesians 1.4 God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. You were in God's mind before the first foundation of the world was ever laid. Soak your soul in that. Number three. In Christ Jesus, you are loved by God with an inseparable love. Romans 8, 38 through 39. I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Did you hear that? Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love if you are in Christ. One of my favorite commercials of yesteryear. Muscles galore. And he had his newborn babe in his arms. And he was holding that newborn babe like this. And the picture was so clear. Ain't nobody getting this kid out of my arms. The picture that this is saying. Have you ever felt that there are so many things trying to tear you away from the love of God and God has His arms around you this morning saying, Child, you're mine. When you are in Christ, the forces of darkness, the forces of the world, the forces of the universe can be arrayed against you, but you cannot be torn from the arms of God. Your soul in that. Let's go on. In Christ Jesus, you were redeemed and forgiven for all your sins. Redeemed purchased out of, bought out of, and forgiven for all your sins. Ephesians 1.7 In Christ we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. You have been forgiven. Period. Oh no, I gotta carry the burden. I gotta put it on my back. God says, I already forgave you. Lay down your burden. I forgave you. You don't have to carry it anymore. I took care of it. If you're in Christ. In Christ Jesus, you are justified before God. In other words, declared right before God, and the righteousness of God in Christ is imputed. In other words, put to your account. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Now the evil one comes and says, you're no good. You say, excuse me, I'm in Christ. I've been justified. And it's not my righteousness. It's His. So I can go to my Father. In Christ Jesus, you have become a new creation and a Son of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Galatians 3.26 In Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. The idea of sons of God is that you are an heir. 
You're an heir of God. Friends, these are your blessings from being in Christ. And Peter continues that this morning. We're going to discover three more. Notice how he starts. Since therefore, chapter 4, verse 1, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You say, I don't see that in Christ thing. Well, let me unravel that for you. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, jump down to the verse underneath that, that's 3.18, that's what he's talking about. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, but being made alive in the Spirit. This is what I talked about earlier, that when we meet Jesus Christ, we are baptized, we're put into his death, his burial, his resurrection, unto new life. And so what is going on here? is that we are now in union with Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. And Peter is talking to these people. He says, now because you are in Christ, there are some promises, there are some truths, there are some blessings that are yours. And the first one is, has ceased from sin has stopped from sin. Well, you mean I don't sin anymore? That'd be great! There's only one perfect. And the world killed him. No. It doesn't mean that. But the first blessing is this. You are no longer controlled by sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer under the power of sin. Now, I know after a day of failures, it may seem like it, but friend, you are no longer controlled. Why? Because when you are in Christ, you have become a saint, a set-apart one. A person now made holy in God's sight. And because you are in union with Christ, something beautiful has happened. Now, let me see if I can explain it this way. Before you became a follower of Christ, you were a slave to sin, and your personal desires for sin were in agreement. I was a slave to sin, and I wanted to... Jesus Christ. You're no longer a slave to sin. And your want-tos begin to change. Now, this is the process. This is where the struggle comes in. You see, we've spent a lifetime changing our, training our flesh. We've spent a lifetime teaching ourselves to enjoy doing wrong. And so we wrestle with it. 
We fight it. We call it the process of sanctification. And it, it is a process. But God doesn't leave us by ourselves. God gives us the scriptures. God gives us the Holy Spirit. God gives us nature. And they all work together to help us in the process of conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. Number one blessing. You're no longer, when you're in Christ, under the control of sin. Number two blessing. Our God-sized hunger is satisfied. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2. So as live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. You see, we have a God-sized hunger within us. Another friend of mine put it better. He says, we're all worshipers. We're going to worship something. We either worship God or we worship something else. But you're going to worship something. This passage talks about worshiping something else. The problem is these folks decided to worship something else. They filled their passions. Their passions became their idols. Now everything they pursued at one time had been good. Did you everything everything can be good? Sex done God's way is good. Food done God's way is good. Entertainment done God's way is good. Physical fitness done God's way is good. God started with everything good. He created this world. He meant us to enjoy it. But when we take the things that were created and we put them on the throne of God and make them our pursuit and make them our passion, they become cruel masters. Children are cruel gods. Relationships are cruel idols. Friends, health is wonderful, but making that the passion of your life instead of God can be a problem. When we pursue money, when we pursue power, when we pursue whatever it is, security, instead of God first. It's not wrong wanting security. It's not wrong wanting some of those other things. But we can't worship them. Because they were never made to be worshipped. Only God can fill the God-sized hole in our soul. 
And the beauty is, he does it perfectly. This leads us to the third truth. Truth three. Because we are in Christ, we can trust God to right all the wrongs in the end. You see, when we are in Christ, we are on a new time frame. A new time frame. Notice what happens when we align ourselves with God and his plan. There are people who don't like it. Here's what they say. Verse 4. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Verse 6. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, that they might live in the Spirit the way God does. The people that Peter, Peter was writing to lived in a tough society. They were in a world that had legal, legal holidays that went against their faith. Imagine if you lived in a world where pornography and moral perversion was paraded on the street in full view and thought as normal. In fact, when uh, they uncovered Pompeii, you know, the city that was destroyed by the volcano, they were blown away. They were blown away when they discovered what they discovered. How raw how pornographic the people were in their daily lives. And then they realized that even the laws that were set up were set up in such a way to make people live that way. Let me see if I can illustrate it for you. I'm Irish. So I have a holiday. St. Patrick's Day. You know what St. Patrick's Day celebrates? No one does. Because <laughs> in the United States, St. Patrick's Day does one thing. Drink. Everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. So imagine if we passed a law that on St. Patrick's Day, everyone had to be drunk and destroy public property. We as Christians would go, I don't think so. That goes against what we believe in. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in harming others. We don't believe in being intoxicated. We don't go there. That goes against our, our faith. But these were the types of laws that the people of Peter's day were facing. If they didn't go along with them, they faced persecution, and many of them were put to death. And some of the people were saying, where's God? Why doesn't he save us from this persecution? Why does he allow evil people to win? You ever feel that way? You look around, and it seems like evil is winning, and good is losing. But when you're in Christ, you operate by a different set of rules. While God 
Sometimes intercedes here on earth. Sometimes he doesn't. Why? Because God operates with the understanding that he will write the final chapter. He will balance the last scale. And the child of God takes hope in knowing that God is ultimately in control. Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They're standing before King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar goes, listen, I have built the fire in the furnace so hot. It's so hot, it's, it's killing the guards as you throw, as they walk up. You can't do it, and your God can't save you. Now, what do you think of that? And I love their response. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Now, here's the key. But if not, be it known to you, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. God can deliver but this isn't how we're going to judge whether he's just. If the scale's at the end, and we trust our God in the future, he doesn't have to balance the scales right now. Because Nebuchadnezzar, we know that our God is the God who writes the final chapter. We put our trust in him. Three blessings. When you're in Christ, you're not controlled by sin. When you're in Christ, your God-sized hunger is satisfied. When you're in Christ, you can trust God to right the final wrong. Friend, are you in Christ? I hope you are. Friend, if you are, are you celebrating the fact that you are in Christ? Meditate on that today. Amen?